Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is me, your dear old Uncle Otter, but today I am also your dungeon master, and with me, as always, are my three unfortunate survivors. Hello, unfortunate survivors. How are we doing today? <laughs> Hello. <It is> <laughs> Uh, as is tradition on this podcast or vodcast or however you choose to consume this, I'm going to start this session by asking my characters a question about their character. And the question for today is, mirroring the question that I asked in session two, how easy or what's the quickest way for somebody to lose your trust? And let's start on the top with Professor Avery Locke. What's the quickest way for somebody to lose your trust? The easiest way to lose Locke's trust is to... You know, lie to him? Is that too obvious of an answer? It's fair enough. But frankly, he has a fairly low assessment of human nature to begin with. <laughs> okay, going right down the line, uh, Desdemona. What's the quickest way to lose Desdemona's trust? I would have to say um, if you are an unreliable source. Um, if you are saying things that are not necessarily true or the opinion is skewed in a certain way and the information is provided down the line and piercing Desdemona's ears in an incorrect fashion, she would definitely <laughs> look at you with some distrust. Right. The cashier at Claris definitely has lost her trust. <laughs> uh, moving right along, uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Jeremiah. What is the easiest way to lose Jeremiah's trust? Oh, the easiest way to lose my trust is if you cut corners or are a bad worker. Can't trust somebody who doesn't put the effort in. Beautiful, simple, perfect. Love it. Previously, in the world of Cairn, our unfortunate survivors found themselves in the thralls of the cult of Cathan under the auspicious care of uh, one brother Eli. Uh, with the help of Inquisitor Donald Lucky, they fought their way out, but not without taking some licks of their own. Of course, uh, Brother Eli had taken a shining to her very own Desdemona, smelling the same sort of death magic and, uh, in his words, um, compassion on Desdemona. And she had made a pact with some sort of creature beyond her understanding or comprehension, and she sacrificed... Uh, our straggler, Timothy. Uh, but she did save uh, the life of one Maddie Lipton in the process, um, and I'm sure he is happy for that. Uh, in a final battle, you were able to best the demonic form of Brother Eli, and you were able to make your way out, but not without losing Jeremiah's pitchfork and the entire use of his non-dominant arm as he went down to the beast's jaws. The our survivors, including um, the eight-year-old Maddie Lipton, who is certainly scarred for life, as well as uh, Jenna Salwell, who they picked up in the cult's hold, is now making their way through the forest, and they found themselves in a grove that is all too familiar to one Jeremiah. And we are there now. It is a perfect corona of trees surrounding this beautiful clearing. The pale moonlight is shimmering through the trees. Uh, I imagine everyone is exhausted and falling asleep, except the pain is keeping up Jeremiah. And as Jeremiah sits there, backed against the tree, his arm slowly swelling with blood and bruising with his bone, barely piercing the skin on one side, he looks up to the moon as that fades away and becomes the sun 
And we see uh, a younger Jeremiah, in fact, next to his beloved wife, Annabelle, who is very, very pregnant. You guys are sitting there. It is now midday on your farm. And you hear a screaming out from the edge of the forest, a five-year-old Lucy, as she <laughs> runs up to you uh, with all the, the fire and fervor of an excited toddler. She runs up to you and latches onto your hand. And she goes, Daddy, Daddy, I found, I found this mo- the most incredible thing in the forest. You have to see it. And you see she's grabbing your index finger and your pinky, and she's tugging with all of her five-year-old might. And whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Where exactly did you find this thing? You didn't go too far, did you? Uh, and she, she looks away and she goes, no, I have... Let's um, see. Annabelle looks to you, um, and she sort of shrugs to defer to you. She goes, I'm not going anywhere. <sighs> I'll be right back, honey. All right, all right. Let's see what you found. And as soon as you agree, she tears off back the direction that she came. Slow down. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I go trucking after her. You go trucking after her. You see she's... Um, with all of her adventurous spirit abound in, in that tiny, tiny form, she's leaping over logs, crossing behind trees. You're barely able to keep up with her. And before too long, you break through the tree line and you find yourself in, again, this perfect circular clearing. The sun is perfectly framed overhead by the edges of the trees. And you see uh, Lucy crouched down on the ground directly in the center. And she's waving you over. She's like, Dad... You have to see this. All right. I, I walk over and take a look. And she takes her hand and she starts, like, viciously digging at some dirt and brushing it away. And eventually she reveals uh, this sort of flat, very dark stone with these deep, deep etchings into it. And she's like, what does it mean? What is... I've never seen this before. Interesting. I don't think I have either. Let me take a look. And uh, I'll, I'll crouch down and get a closer look at the stone. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and give me a uh, religion, nature, or history check. Ooh, uh, let's do religion. That's the only one that's not a negative. That's going to be a seven total. A seven total. Uh, you have never seen anything like this before. Um, but I will tell you that... What you feel standing in this area, not only in the past, but in the present as well, is you feel safeguarded. You feel protected. You feel, uh, you feel slightly warmer than you did before. Um, and uh, you definitely feel like a connection to this, to this little slab of stone. I don't know what it is, Luce, but whatever it is, I like it, I think. <laughs> But we should leave it here. Do you think I it's think, magic? Uh, and uh, I pause for a moment, actually thinking about it, because, you know, Jeremiah is a very practical guy, but, you know, he does feel something here. And I, I think he says, maybe, Luce, maybe. <laughs> All the more reason to leave it. I think uh, this might be what makes this such a special place. Um, 
And uh, you can tell that she agrees with you in this moment. She she looks to you with uh, with respect and love. Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember those? Right. <laughs> Am I laying it on a bit too thick? From the good old days. From the good old That's days. Fun. As the camera pans up, we disappear through the tree line once again as you two are uh, two dots in a massive circle. We vanish back to present time. Jeremiah, limp and pale, uh, crashed against the tree. You can see that you're not the only one awake. Um, You can see uh, Emma, looking absolutely worse for the wear, is awake as well. You see that the areas where her skin had burned are now starting to uh, swell up in a in a very uh, sort of grotesque fashion. Sort of swell up up and around her eye and sort of uh, push out past where you assume anyone's skin should be. Uh, and you can see again, she is sort of uh, crouched by the fire that you guys placed in the center of this cropping. And she is just, again, thumbing that ring and muttering to herself. But you can see she's losing the thread every once in a while. She, you can tell before, she would recite this mantra to herself again and again. And she would be able to do it start to finish without stopping. You can tell now she's muttering to herself. She closes her eyes tight. She nods her head and then she begins again. Uh, If, whenever it looks like she's losing that thread... uh... If I notice, I'll, like, quietly help her. Because um, I do know, I do remember the mantra that mm-hmm. she was saying. And so I'll make sure to help her with that. And uh, I'll I'll call her over uh, Emma. Or actually, sorry, be quieter. Emma, <laughs> come here. Let me take a look at you. You've got some time now. Um, she, uh, she walks over to you and she says... Um, I do not believe that regular medicine will have much of any effect on me. It might not, but it's always worth a try. Something's better than nothing. Um, you can actually see that um, what she was clutching onto as she walks over to you was not her ring, but she's actually clutching onto the splintered and broken uh, pitchfork edge that you had you had left behind at the at the Cult of Cathan, on the steps, wherever Brother Eli had snapped it in half with its jaws. <clears throat> and she looks down to it, and she says, um, this is something that Emma would have done. She would ascribe meaning, sentimentality, to <laughs> useless objects. And I'm trying to be more like that. You use this to defend me. And maybe that should have meaning. First things first. You're Emma. Don't forget that. Mm. I am feeling less and less like Emma as the days pass. I think... I think uh, even when it's an emergency, we need to hold off on you using your powers a bit. I don't know much about these things, but it doesn't seem to be doing you much good. I think we're going to need to figure out ways to get through this without your help for a bit. I'm not going to put you at risk 
for our safety. Thank you, Jeremiah. That means a lot. Mm. Of course. I think when everyone is awake, I owe you all an explanation. Yeah, he just nods and he says, uh, you want you want to ascribe sentimentality to something? Well, I can help you. Sit down. And I, I just kind of motion with my head for her to kind of sit next to me. And with my good arm, I reach into uh, my bag and I pull out the locket and I open it up. And I say, uh, this belonged to my wife, the one who I was standing over when you saved me. And I point to her image on, or sorry, inside were the two kids. And I point to uh, Lucy's picture and I say, that's Lucy. I hope she's all right. She wasn't with us when things started going down in the city. I found a note from her. Hopefully she's out there somewhere safe. That, well, and uh, she'll see the image of Roland who she saw me carrying as she was leading me through the streets. I say, uh, and, the, and that's, well, that was my son, Roland. He was a nice boy. And, you know, he I, I get a little choked up as I talk about it. And I'll, I'll just sit there for a few minutes telling her the story about how um, <clears throat> uh, I got this locket for Annabelle, um, when Roland was a couple years old, uh, it was almost impossible getting him to sit still for the picture. But, you know, and he kind of smiles a bit. We managed to. He was always a little bit more relaxed than Lucy. That one could get her to sit still for anything. I guess in the end, hopefully that worked out for the best. But I got it for our anniversary. I wanted to get something nice for her. And, you know, I just tell her the story of the lock and I say, that pitchfork, I use that to help you, but it's just a pitchfork. There will be others. That one wasn't even mine. But this, this is what's sentimental. Uh, she looks up to you, just nestled uh, sort of under your armpit, and she says, I've met many people in my time I don't have much faith in in many of them but if there's somebody out there that could find your daughter I believe that person is you (laughs) I hope so and we're going to she wants to see me but thank you we're going to cut away from this moment to um, a rather restless and fitful Desdemona. Desdemona, uh, uh, exhausted from your journey and uh, enraptured in sleep, you see in inside your mind, in your sleeping eyes, you see the face of uh, Timothy as he his gaze meets your gaze, and he's there pleading for his life, telling you about his wife his daughter, and then you see silently and surely a red mark drag across his neck 
as blood begins to pour out and becomes these nasty, awful, grasping tendrils that reach across your subconscious and your psyche until everything is red. And then the blood thins out and spools into fine lines and overlaps with one another and twists around other fine lines before reaching towards the edges of your subconscious and then back again and wrapping over and wrapping over again and again and again until we pull out we see a meticulous and beautiful and artful spider web woven out of that blood and in the middle is a of a widow spider that sort of has these emerald green trappings and these long sort of uh, sort of spinnerets that are dutifully and uh, wonderfully crafting this web out of blood. And then in that moment, in the center of the web, you see your daughter. And your daughter is getting wrapped up in web, starting with the feet up to her waist, up to her shoulders, and eventually her head is getting covered in web as you see her pleading eyes looking up to you for mercy until she becomes just a cocoon. And the moment before the spider bites into that cocoon, you awake with a start. And you are uh, just drenched in sweat. Around as I want also. Um, I mean, at this point, uh, anybody can be awake. You certainly see Jeremiah awake. Um, you notice now that the the sun is starting to uh, just barely edge over the horizon, sort of casting the entire forest in a pale blue light. Uh, that mm-hmm. early, that beautiful early morning light. Uh, Avery, are you awake? Yeah. <laughs> hours. I have to be up early to teach classes. Fair enough. I'll also tell you that you see uh, one Jenna Solwell um, holding a rifle and just practicing uh, chambering bullets, loading it, aiming at something, bringing that rifle down to the ground, taking that bullet out, and starting the process again. And, of course, um, you see uh, close to the fire, bundled up, uh, you see uh, little Maddie Lipton, who uh, opted not to uh, sleep near you, as he was a little too terrified from the moments prior. <clears throat> as everybody starts to rouse awake, uh, you see Emma sort of stand next to the fire that's now sort of turning into dwindling embers, and she goes... Now that we have a moment to catch our breath, I believe that now is the time to answer your questions. Before we do that, though, I will tell you that I have... And she looks down into the ground and just digs a hole with her eyes before looking up again. Committed atrocities in the name of my people. If you ask me about them, I will tell you, but I beg of you, do not ask me. Well, that sort of depends on who your people are. Yeah, I think Jeremiah stays quiet, but he's looking very confused. 
I'm sure you have surmised by now I am not a human. I... what you people call an ethereal. I am the same kind that destroyed your fair city, that burned your people, and that turned them into walking monstrosities. Me and them are one and the same. Why are you helping us? I think the answer to that question is... And she looks down at the signet ring. Emma. Whenever... I... Whenever I became Emma, it didn't happen all at once, but I took over her sense of adventure, her... her... her compassion, her passion, and... I slowly realized that what the Ethereals were doing to you and your kind was wrong, and I wanted to make amends. So I joined with other Ethereals that were also feeling the weight of the shadow war that we were waging, and other humans. And we started a resistance. I hesitate to tell you the exact depths that I've gone to before I realized my mistake because I feel as if if you knew the things that I'd done when I couldn't feel then you will not want to see this mission through with me and I need you well you saved me first impressions and all that I'll help but what about Emma then is there no saving her I don't know the moment that I could feel anything I felt Emma drowning within me and every single time I reach back into the aether I can feel her burning away bit by bit. I... I don't know if I can save Emma. But I want to, and I have to try. Is that what the coin is about? Or is that something different? Truthfully, the coin, the collapsing star, that's something you'll have to speak to the strategist about. So you don't even know what it's for? Not precisely, no. Then you'll forgive me if I hold on to it for a bit longer. Of course. Jeremiah kind of smiles to himself, and uh, he just thinks, the will of a little girl is not something that can easily be fucked with, and this is proof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he doesn't say any of that out loud. Right. Where is it you want to go? I had two missions. One was to collect the star. And the other was to find out the location of our target. I haven't done the latter, but we have the star. We should reconvene with the long night. 
Where is the... We made our base out of a, an abandoned mausoleum. Some place that the ethereals would never think to search. Uh, it's old, it's decrepit, it's surrounded on all sides by water. It's difficult to get to, but I believe if we can reconvene with a strategist, we might be able to get better direction for our next steps. Well, frankly, old creepy mausoleums is kind of my thing. <laughs> Do you know how to get there? She looks to you and she says, uh, there is an old abandoned dock that is completely covered by trees. We just have to make it past the ravine. It's in the... just the shallow edges of Ugdenbog. Wait. Ugdenbog? Isn't that where your daughter was headed? That's where Lucy said she was going. Well, I'm definitely in then, because I need to head that way anyway. Looks like at the very least we're traveling in the same direction. I hope that means that we will not be parting ways once we reach the dock, but... Look, I don't know what your name is, really. I don't know exactly who you are, but you've helped keep us alive, and that's valuable enough for me. I'm not going to lose another little girl. Uh, as you say that, you see just uh, just above the tree line, towering and uh, and sort of piercing up through the low hanging clouds of the morning sky. Uh, you see this uh, this sort of unfathomable tower of flesh sort of rise from uh, from the ground, several tens of miles away, closer to where uh, where Malmoth is. Uh, but you see, it has uh, it comes up to this. Uh, to this crystalline spire, and down below it has these large uh, pulsating pustules of, of flesh and these long spindly legs with hooks at the very end. And you see it rises up from above the tree line and lashes its hook out, hooks out towards the ground. And uh, you feel a, a deep rumbling in the earth. And Emma looks to you and she says, Then the terraforming has begun. We don't have long, but we can't return here. Then there's something uh, I want to show you both. Uh, I say to mainly to Locke and to Emma. Um, I don't know if it means anything, but there's a reason I wanted to come here. And uh, I, I hold my good arm out to uh, Avery and say, help me up. <clears throat> And uh, I walk over to that spot with the stone mm -hmm. in the ground. Yeah, you. It's probably covered over with some, like, you know, grasses and plants. And I say, uh, right here. And I bend down and I start pushing it away with my arm. Yeah, surprisingly, that, this is the only area in that clearing that has no grass. It has a soft like, soil, top uh, layer of, of uh, loose soil. But no grass is growing in that, uh, that sort of perfect little area. Ah, okay. So maybe I brush a little bit of, like, dirt off or something, and I say, uh, this. 
Lucy found it years ago. And when I got here, first time I saw it, I felt, I don't know, safe, warm. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not a, I'm not an educated man, but. Well, I happen to be. And I step back and just motion forward. Boy, I hope Mr. you don't beef this role. Hmm? I hope you don't beef this role. Because anybody want to hear words about being an educated man. What, what should I roll? Uh, you can roll either religion or history. Profession in both? Profession in both? It's the right man for the job. Define with. <laughs> tell me uh, oh, Tell me a number. No. And I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, with is such a... It's such an ugly word. I prefer... Statistical distributions occasionally result in expected. Did you I roll a one? I rolled a You rolled a nat one? A ten. A ten. Oh, you rolled a ten. And oh, that's that's the final number after the modifiers? Uh, you can tell that this is... Um, that this is certainly... Um, I'll tell you one thing that you notice. I won't tell you uh, the exact origin of the stone or anything. Uh, but you can tell that... Uh, that at one point, this is this was a pedestal for something much, much larger. A stone structure that sort of uh, towered up and beyond, and above. And you can definitely feel there's some sort of celestial magic emanating like from the spot. pillar or an archway or an obelisk, for example? Mm-hmm. For example, one of those three things. It could be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you, you trace your fingers over, uh, over the runes and you definitely feel a latent celestial power emanating from within. Does it mean anything to you? There's clearly... There's clearly magic here, right? And that's... It's probably kept this piece of construction alive for so long. I I can't tell you much more. Emma? You get anything from this? Uh, she says I do not know the ways of your world and your customs I believe that it has something to do with your gods but I cannot tell you much more than that alright does Demona <laughs> I mean you can, you can roll a, a history religion check if you want to you would certainly have access to the types of books that would give you this knowledge. So yeah, it's not the most far-fetched you know, thing. Say, history. I'm going to try that out. <laughs> not? Uh, nah. That's a nine. <laughs> no, the most I'm, mysterious stone in all the land. I'm afraid we're walking okay. away from the stone with the... Uh, mm-hmm. But when it comes to combat, you guys uh, aren't afraid to absolutely want my NPCs, but when it comes to looking at stones... <laughs> Guys, fall short. Yeah, it seems like we're going to have to walk away from this with uh, with this being a mystery game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to the characters, obviously, the, as players, we know what it is. Sure. <laughs> but it's a as mystery. As a player, I knows what it is. <laughs> and we're all very impressed. Yeah. Round of Thank applause you. for you. Playground Dawn, good game. Um, I say, uh, <clears throat> well, worth a shot, I guess. <laughs> At least it was able to let us get a good night's sleep. Mm. 
Uh, speaking of which, uh, this was, uh, if you haven't guessed it, a long rest. Those exist. Uh, this is the very first long rest we're doing in four episodes uh, to give you uh, any sort of uh, clarity on what type of game we're playing. And uh, our characters are all <laughs> level three. Uh, Yay! Don't go into what that means just yet. Let it happen naturally. Yeah. I would also like to mention that because I've got a dead arm, uh, I am not getting a shield bonus. So my AC is now 17, not 19. Speaking of long rests, is there anything at all my uh, curing magic can do for Uh, For the broken arm? Yeah. Uh, You can tell that... I'll tell you what. Uh, roll just a flat luck check. Uh, anywhere uh, in the like 10 to 15 range, you'll ease his pain. 15 and above, it'll... Uh, 13. 13. Yeah, you can... Um, you sort of hold your gauntlet over where you can tell the, the bone has snapped. And uh, you can feel the bone sort of trying to buckle and, and suture together. Um, and there is sort of a... A rush of sudden pain followed by relief uh, afterwards. That sort of lingers and, and stays around uh, as numbing sensations sort of flow throughout your arm. But apart from Thank that, you can tell it's definitely still broken. That helped. Thank Just you. Limitations to what this can do, after all. Well, at least it did something. I appreciate it. So, I guess we're heading towards Ugdenbog, huh? Uh, you hear uh, a rifle do a reloading in the background, and you see uh, Jenna Salwell with a sort of dead and determination in her eyes. And Good to have says, you back with us, Jenna. She goes, thank you, Mr. Jeremiah. I don't... I'm not going to be dead weight no more, I promise. I believe it. I smile to myself remembering the words I told her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she gives you a sort of uh, a knowing smile as well. And uh, before we head out, if there's anything else anybody wants to do, uh, there is something that Jeremiah would like to do before we actually leave the grove. Did Desdemona have any questions for yeah. ethereal Emma? <laughs> I, think I mean, other than the five no million, obviously. <laughs> Exactly. She is sus, if you want to. But, um, no questions. Yeah. Oh, Emma, off. Um, oh, that actually that actually reminds me of something else for whatever reason. Um, I was talking with Emma last night. And, uh, let's see. I've, I've tried to not have her use her powers whenever we can, but I think we should really try to not rely on her powers anymore. It it doesn't have a good effect on her. And I think the longer we can keep from her using whatever it is, magic, I guess, the better chance we'll have of getting, no offense, the real Emma back. Well, we can try to avoid frivolous use of magic and only use it when our lives are at stake, but that's, that's happened a few times. Yeah, she uh, she sort of um, you can see her sort of starting to wrap a uh, a sort of loose scarf around her face, sort of cover up her her burns, um, and she says to you, um, 
I promise, if it is within my power, I will not let you die. Well, same here. I say looking at everybody. And uh, before we head out, uh, Emma, you still have my, uh, you still have the fork. Yeah, she holds it up. Say, well, it's not going to do me much good, but, and I take it and I stick it down into the ground by the stone. I say, I don't know. Looks like this thing should be a bit taller. And I just stick it in. I say, I don't know who I'm talking to, if it's anybody, but thanks for the rest. I would like you to make a, uh, just a, a religion roll with advantage right now. All right. Let's see. And 12. Twelve. Okay. It's it's better than a ten. It is twelve. Uh, a twelve uh, on for Jeremiah is a uh, is a good roll for religion. That's that's fair enough. Um, as you uh, say the silent prayer to whatever or whomever, and you drive your pitchfork into the ground, uh, you sort of feel the knowledge rush into your head as you breathe in. Lucy was here. Of course. I just look up and I say, she was here. Lucy was here. And you just have that knowledge. I don't know how I know, but whatever this thing is, Lucy was here. That's good. That's really good. I look over at the... smile for probably the first time that any of you have seen in the past few days and uh, stand up with a bit of renewed energy. Oh. Uh, Emma notices your smile. I look over at the lady uh, who specializes in supernatural communication with her children. <laughs> and, uh, just nod. I'm like, okay, good. We're on, uh, around. We're on a good path then. Desdemona returns the nod and she just says to uh, Jeremiah we will help you find your daughter that you can count on thank you thank you all uh, and with that does that does that wrap up everything that uh, people want to or need to do I want to grab a quick talk with Desdemona it can be either while we're packing up or like after we set out yeah, I mean, you guys are traveling rather light, but uh, you can absolutely uh, grab a quit sidebar with Desdemona. I guess just hang back as, you know, uh, the, the other two are, like, heading back to yeah, towards... You see uh, Jenna Salwell sort of stamping up the fire and, uh, and mixing it around to make sure that nobody knows they were there. Uh, you see uh, Jeremiah and Emma just sort of packing up odds and ends into, their, into whatever backpacks they have. All right, so I just uh, kind of uh, put a hand on her shoulder. Well, Morris. How are you holding up? Remarkably well, I must say. Strange to say, even, but I woke up this morning feeling, well, terrified, but I'm sure that is something that we all share. 
<laughs> knowing that knowing that there is safety in numbers, I I feel really reassured. And what of you? How are you doing? I haven't had the time I haven't had time to think about it, to be completely honest. Moving, you know? If we can save one person, then it'll make up for the ones we couldn't. Yes. Uh, about that, um, there's something you should probably know, and I feel that I should probably tell the others, but back in that cult when we were taken, Brother Eli. Uh, I believe he forced me into something, the, a pact of sorts. I don't know what it was. I didn't want to agree to it, but it was faced between killing that poor boy. And now I can feel something coursing within me, and I don't want it. And I'm afraid of what it might do, and if it might do anything. Do you know anything about what that cult believed in, this Kithon or anything? Some. I do. Can I, uh, can I assume that I know, like, basic level knowledge about what the cult's about? I mean, you would know, uh, very much so as a, as an insider in the Inquisitor, in the Inquisition. You would know very well, uh, about Cult of Kithon, Kithonic magic, all that jazz. Anything the cult specific, of... uh, you'll have to make a check for. Okay. So, uh... The Cult of Cathan believes that... They believe that all life, all human life is stolen. And that there are beings out there that need our blood to make things right again according to how they understand it. <sighs> I wish I could tell you much more, but you may have attracted the attention of something. I, I just don't want to do anyone any harm. <sighs> Avery. You have to promise me this. If, if, for whatever reason, I turn into something that I'm not, be it a demonic entity or just I seem completely unlike myself and I am beyond repair, just end my life. Because I don't want to hurt any of you. Promise me. I can do that. But, for the record, you seem a lot saner than I expected you to be by now, and I have faith in your willpower. Maybe I'm just hoping, but I hope I don't have to. Hope is a valuable thing to have times like these, is it not? Yeah. Suppose we'll be off then. Okay, Jeremiah, rouse your troops. 
and the, and the way that only a dad can before a road trip. Let's hit the road. <laughs> Off on the other horizon, you see uh, just dotting uh, the sky, sort of like uh, a multitude of skyscrapers. These sort of horrifying towers of flesh as they very slowly, very surely march ever closer to you. Um, on the air, you smell uh, the heavy smell of uh, of sort of like rusting metal and soot. Uh, almost like uh, the smell after a uh, a terrible car accident. Mm. Uh, almost like electricity mixed with uh, mixed with fire, and but that's not the only interesting thing you see because as you walk out of the grove. Uh, skirting along the edges of uh, Barley Stock Strait, you see uh, a multitude of corpses, cultists, demonic horrors. Uh, however, all slain. Um, you see uh, a few of them that are just like frozen, completely solid. You see one that's just severed or speared through with uh, with icicles and just propped up against a tree. And on the air, it feels unseasonably cool. Well, that's a surprise. What what season is it again? Uh, we are saying that it is springtime. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that uh, there are any like clear indications of what season it is, uh, as far as when the Grim Dawn happened. But, or at least if there are, I don't know. But we're saying that it's that it's spring. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come. The lore notes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you feel uh, the sort of uh, bitter chill on the air. Not enough to to like freeze you to your core, but enough to sort of make your uh, goose pimple stand on edge. And it looks like there was a lot of magic used here, right? Not like small amounts like what Emma's been doing, but like uh, if there's like trails of dead bodies, right? It seems yes, like certainly. A- you see dozens and dozens of cultists. You see uh, like horrifying demonic monstrosities, a striated piece of muscle with, with long, horrifying t- uh, jaws and just like lanky claws sort of pierced through with icicles coming from the ground. Um, and you can tell there was um, a litany of magic used here. Who could have been? Almost looks like. This. Almost looks like the Chthonics and the Ethereals were fighting each other. Is that is that good for us? I mean, when I'm facing two enemies that want to destroy my existence, if they don't like each other. I just nods. He doesn't know much about ethereals. <laughs> uh, you see Emma sort of uh, uh, hunkered over uh, occultists, and she says, I do not think that the ethereals did this. This was something else. <sighs> I don't like something else. Emma, what else is out here? I do not know. Jeremiah just kind of like points, well... You know, next town over is that way, but you know, he just starts listing like actual landmarks. You know, like we've seen some 
deer in the woods around these parts. And okay, this, this was not caused by deer. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right, well, let's let's keep moving. I keep right. moving. Safest. Let's keep our eyes peeled just in case. If we come upon whatever did this, we want to make sure that it's not hostile. As you march in that direction, slowly and surely, minutes turn to hours. Before too long, the sun is high in the sky. And even though the direct sunlight is bearing on your skin, you feel it getting colder and colder. And behind you, you can see the steady march of the ethereal war machine slowly burning the ground underneath it as it rolls closer and closer towards you. Emma says out loud um, the ethereals are strong but they are wise as well they will not follow us into Ugdenbog as they think that is a sunk cost they figure that any mortal that wanders into Ugdenbog is as good as dead anyway but sorry Jeremiah listen if anybody was going to be all right, it'd be Lucy. Yeah, she's smarter than I am. Faster, too. Too stubborn to give up. Besides, she's got a friend in Ugdenbog. Hmm. Um, and with that, you guys arrive at a stone bridge that is connecting either side of a, uh, a vast ravine. If you look down, it'd be roughly... Uh, uh, a 60-70 foot drop below to uh, to sort of uh, rapid waters that feed out into the Karnak Sea. Uh, just beyond the bridge, you can see the edge of a uh, a vast jungle line that has a uh, a swampy interior. Uh, however, there seems to be uh, this thick white swirling mist concealing the bridge itself. And the air feels, at this point, absolutely frigid. Do we have any extra clothes to put on? <laughs> uh, did you guys take care and uh, collect extra clothes whenever you were... Oh, yeah, no, because we packed so carefully for this journey. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Jeremiah pulls out his parka. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't believe that you guys would have any extra clothes on you. Right, right. I think as Jeremiah shivers, he just looks at everybody else. <clears throat> you all thinking what I'm thinking? I do not know. Whatever did that back there. It's either on the bridge or on the other side. Uh, Emma looks behind her and she sees uh, the ever-encroaching ethereal war machine uh, that's still miles and miles away. Um, and she says, this bridge is the only way into Ugdenbog. Then it's the way we're going. That's the only safe place, relatively speaking. Uh, she... She looks to you and says, um, whatever is on that bridge, if we can't handle it, 
I can get us away from it. You just say the word. All right. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. We got to keep you from using your magic. Besides, let's look on the bright side, right? It's killing the same things we want to kill, so... Maybe it's a friend. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy and all that jazz. Uh, I'd like to check in on Desdemona at this time. Uh, Desdemona, as you you feel the bitter cold uh, sort of swirl around and lay thick on your skin, you are reminded of... uh, the cold embrace you gave to Evie as she was choking and dying on the floor. How do you feel? <laughs> it's a little loaded. I'm sorry. <clears throat> how, how do you feel? No, you're good. <laughs> Did not see that um, one coming. It's on her character sheet. Um, Desdemona, um, has been, I mean, silent this whole time, feeling just colder and colder and just more pain, probably more than anyone else in a, not a physical sense, but I guess in an emotional sense. Um, And just, she is afraid. She doesn't want to feel cold. She doesn't want to feel this anymore. So she's trying her best to just warm her arms up, just like rubbing her arms. Just it's fruitless, but she's just trying and just muttering to herself, just saying, "We have to get warm to get out of the cold. We can't be in the cold." And as you're saying those uh, those sort of uh, silent prayers to yourself, you do feel uh, a warmth uh, deep within you, a uh, <clears throat> a chaotic entropic warmth that sort of swelling within your your heart that's there if you need to access it (laughs) she just kind of bites her lip and she just uh, says to the others um, we need to cross we need to cross cross. now alright let's go Jeremiah yep Jeremiah will take the lead and say uh, somebody take Maddie uh, I don't want him trailing behind. Keep him between us. Uh, yeah, you see uh, Jenna Solwell sort of uh, uncocks her rifle, switches it onto her back, and then picks up Maddie and, and cradles him in only a way that a, a big sister would. Uh, Jeremiah strides forward. So uh, you're just going to go ahead and, and walk on the bridge? And you're. Well, let's you're go. Oops, sorry, I said that again. You're going first, Jeremiah? Yes. So uh, let, let's approach the bridge first, see if anything immediately jumps up. If anybody would like, um, you can uh, you can make a perception check. <laughs> I can roll d d20, but I promise you I cannot make a perception check. <laughs> 14 for Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, you see... Um, Every once in a while, you get the glimpse in the in the billowing cloud of white, uh, the silhouette of a man. It's just for a brief second, as winds swish around uh, the silhouette, you see it every once in a while, and then it gets whited out by uh, by the ever quickening winds. Does a sixteen give more info? 
16. Uh, I will tell you something else because I think. I mean, I have a minus, but. <laughs> I think that you would be focusing on something else. Uh, Avery Locke, you see, just as Jeremiah is about to step onto it, you see uh, the unmistakable markings of a rune of Agrad right in his path. And you have okay. enough time to, to pull him out of it. Jeremiah, wait. Mm. I, uh, I stop. I think my foot's like in the air and I just stop. Yeah, I see a guy up front. Take step back. Step back. I take a step back. I uh, lean close to the ground. There's an Inquisitor trap here. You hear coming from the, the white cloud. <sighs> Perceptive as always, Mr. Locke. And the winds part. And of course, you see uh, the, uh, the gaunt yet imposing silhouette of one Inquisitor Margrave. Sir, I am... And you're, you're on the ground, right? You're, you're looking at, yeah, the, at the room? I'm, I'm haunched over, squatting. As your eyes trail up from the rune to meet uh, Inquisitor Margrave, you see the unmistakable um, boots that were previously belonged to one Inquisitor Lucky on his feet. We saw those boots on Lucky, like, yesterday. Yesterday, yes. Well, without revealing that I noticed that, I'm still going to say, Sir, it is a relief to see you. (laughs) Going to straighten up. You you straighten up and you meet his gaze, and you can tell that something is uh, broken in his face. Just something something looks a little off. Something looks a little haggard. Uh, the eyes around uh, the the circles, the dark circles uh, that were underneath his eyes for oh so long, that looks like he was always sleep deprived as long as you knew him, are deeper and darker now. Um, and his eyes just look wild as he looks through you, not at you. And um, Without leveling his gun uh, to aim it at you, he goes, Inquisitor Locke. Talked with Olgaf. Turns out you looted the Inquisitor Armory on your way out. Sir? The Inquisition's dead. The Inquisition is dead when I take my final breath, Locke. If I have to be the one to step up and single-handedly save humanity, then I will. So I'm going to say this once. Give me the collapsing star. And give me the girl. I I whisper quietly to Avery. I don't know anything about the star, but you know I'm not giving her up. Of course. Okay, just making sure we're on the same page. Do you even know what that thing does, Locke? Do you know what kind of power that artifact is capable of? Do you even know, or did you leave it in an armory for years and never do anything with it? Some things should never see the light of day. That's one of them. And I hear you're going to hand it over to the Ethereals, our sworn enemy. No. Our sworn enemy? Our sworn enemy? Your sworn enemy are witches hiding in a swamp. You did nothing to stop the Ethereals. 
Nothing! He takes out his pistol and levels it at you. I'm about to start now. I Hand it over. I step between, uh, or just in front of Avery so that I'm in the path. Tell him, Locke. Tell him what happens if he stands against me. You know I don't ask twice. I know. Clicks the hammer. And he breathes deep, and he goes, You know I didn't want to go this way, Locke. I know. I loved you, I did. I saw so much potential in you. Yeah. Until two minutes ago, I thought you were going to help us. It's a shame. I draw my gun. All right. You guys are leveling your pistols at each other. Um, go ahead and, and make a perception check. All of us? Anybody. You're looking for a very slight specific thing. Mm, I don't think I got I got an 11. Actually, I'll, I'll let Locke do it at an advantage because you're looking for something specifically with Margraves who you are very familiar with. Sure. Mari? <laughs> I got a 14. Okay. I got a 15. Okay. 15 was, okay. was the DC that I set in my head. So. Nice. Okay. Um, uh, you can tell uh, that just before he's about to, uh, Margrave has a, a tell uh, that he is about to fire his gun. His, his eyebrow just sort of perks upward just a little bit. Slightly, slightly, slightly. And he's a... He, you can tell he's going to fire his pistol at you. I if just you'd like to uh, do something first. Hmm? If you like to do something first. I mean, if possible, I'd like to shoot first. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and shoot first. All right, so my uh, Eldritch shot gets a 16 to hit. Uh, you see uh, he is going to shoot you, but instead he ducks and rolls out of the way towards you and instead flicks both his pistols up in the air and fires a barrage of shots that just sort of leave a smattering of powder snow all around you as everyone's vision is obscured. And uh, we can all roll initiative at this point. Oh, shit! <laughs> all right, I got I eight. I but... <laughs> Man, can't even cross a bridge. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we see Emma got a 19. Emma coming through strong. Uh, who rolled above a 15? All right, then that's Margaret second. Who rolled above a 10? All right. What'd you guys get? Fourteen. Twelve. Fourteen. Locke, you were just one step behind Margrave who rolled a fifteen. Again. Oh, and I guess I also have to roll for Solwell. Got an eight. Um Desdemona? Got a seven. 
A seven. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're bringing up the caboose. That's, that's fine. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Not with it. Starting with Emma. Um, you feel Emma uh, sort of brush up against your uh, your side, Jeremiah, and she says, I do not know what to do. Maybe <clears throat> we should just run. Unless we're running across the bridge, I don't think it'll do us much good. Uh, Emma, hold a turn. I say, I, I tell her, um, <clears throat> I'm going to try and keep him busy. Just if you see an opening, you and everybody else get across the bridge. I am not leaving you behind. You might not have a choice, but we'll uh, uh cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm. Dad joke. Uh, With that being said, it is Margaret's turn. I regret nothing. So I'm just do by a uh, father figure relationship. <laughs> um, okay, so roughly speaking, how are you guys configured? Are you guys in a tight, uh, tight area? I or... wouldn't think so. I, I, so in my head, the way I saw it was, and I guess now's as good a time as any to talk about. So I figure there's the bridge. There's like the rune thing. There's Jeremiah. And then behind him is everybody else. I mean, I figure we're kind of fanned out, right? Because we're... It's a nice wide bridge, roughly 10 feet wide. So I figure we'd be, you know, kind of fanned out a little bit. Um, Okay, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a luck check to see uh, who is next to each other. Is uh, is the trap still at the uh, entrance of the bridge? And is it possible to get on the bridge without triggering it if you know it's there? Uh, yeah, if you know it's there, uh, you are obscured at the moment, but you have the advantage of knowing where it was. Uh, so out of pure uh, dumb luck, you might stumble onto it if you're going in that direction. But I'll give you, I'll let you cancel out the disadvantage from being on the blinded status for this. Okay. Uh, okay, so um, we're going to see Locke and Desdemona. I need you both to make a dexterity saving throw. <sighs> Sorry, did you want us to roll a dexterity saving throw or to make a dexterity saving throw? <laughs> I would, oh, no. I'm always your, your advocate, so I wanted you to make that dexterity saving throw. That's a nice thought. Oh. Uh, what do we get? 14. 14, okay. Six. Six. Oh, bro. All right, uh, I will say that since Desdemona is a little on edge, uh, she sort of saw this coming. So out of the smoke, you see uh, a single spear of ice fly through the sky, and you're able to just sort of dodge to one side uh, as you only take, let's see. As you only take five points of damage. Uh, However, uh, Locke, you're going to take the full 11. As well as this uh, ice knife was directed towards you. So you are not only going to get the shatter damage, but also the ice knife damage. Yay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you're only going to take an additional eight points of damage. <laughs> cool. Just eight. Stop. 
Um, and did we think that Margrave's turn is over? Because it's not. <laughs> uh oh, everybody. Uh, Jeremiah, you hear um, <clears throat> words come over your shoulder. Uh, and he says, You got a rough lot here. Should have never saddled up with this traitor. As you feel a scythe made out of ice fly through the, the air out of nothing. Um, and it is going to hit you. Okay. Is it a, when I hear the voice next to me, is this a melee attack? This is a melee attack, yes. Alrighty. Um, Are going to do some champion stuff? Uh, I'm thinking if I want to parry it. Oh, I get to see the damage first, actually. So let's, okay. let's see the damage first before I parry it. At least I think I get to. Uh, you're going to want to parry. Uh, it's going to be 14 damage. Oh, yeah, I'm going to parry that. So I use my reaction. I spend one superiority die, which is a D8. Let's not hold the D6. All right. And I negate six damage of it. Six damage, not bad. So you only take eight as you see this uh, this scythe made out of ice fly through the sky. Uh, What are you parrying with? Got just like a hand axe? Uh, Yeah, my hand axe. Yeah, you're able to slice through part of that ice scythe as only part of it is able to make contact with your just your upper torso as it scrapes past. And that is uh, one Avery Lock next. I have a question. Mechanically speaking, does does Margrave seem like he would be resistant to certain attacks to like a legendary degree? Uh, oh boy, uh, this is a little metagamey, but you know Locke better than anybody. So, uh, <laughs> what check would you tell you to make yourself in this case? I'd say Arcana, maybe. Okay, yeah. Let me. Uh, maybe he has some sort of enchanted armor that gives him. Uh, yeah, uh, let's could, call it like a legendary. Him? Maybe he has like a legendary type of resistance within him that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe his, his resistance are legendary. We'll see. What's the Arcana check? Man, dice are not your friend today, huh? <laughs> Oof. Oh. No. Also the wall, let's go. I think that you are too uh, panicked in the moment. Uh, you know uh, that Margrave uh, is one of the most combat-worthy Inquisitors in the entire Order. And uh, you know that uh, the odds are definitely not in your favor. How about that? Alright, well, I'm gonna do it anyway. So first, uh, I'm going to use a bonus action to give myself a little bit of le- uh, healing green light. Go ahead. You see the obsidian shards go over uh, mm-hmm. some of your uh, your ice shard wounds. Matches up the skin as the ice falls down and clatters against the, the stone bridge. And then I'm going to grasp the uh, rune stone attached to my belt that I recently finished carving. Mm. First one in my future to be rune chain, and I cast uh, hold person. Okay, uh, what is the exact uh, text on hold person? The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. At the end of each turn, the target can make another wisdom saving throw. Okay, so uh, this is very shrewd because you are under the blind condition. However, 
Um, that'll give you disadvantage on attacks. Uh, but this is unaffected uh, entirely. So he is going to make his wisdom saving throw. He rolled a 13. He gets a plus three to that bonus. Mm. He shrugs it off. Worth a check. Well, you can you can feel uh, your runes go under. You, f- you hear the telltale sound of Margrave stepping on that rune as... What does that rune look like? Is it a rune of Grad or is it something different? Yeah, I mean, we can call it that, sure. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, circular. Got some lines bisecting it. A couple of... Uh, Little sigils surrounding the circle. No, kind no, of what is the effect off. of the rune? Like when somebody triggers it, what's the what does that look like? Oh, it uh, probably glows with blue light. Uh, yeah, you see the uh, the glue, the blue light sort of etch itself underneath Margrave's feet, uh, and then from uh, from the thick covering of snow, you hear your rune work needs work, lock. He's not wrong. <laughs> you were always meant to be behind a desk. <clears throat> He's still not wrong. <laughs> and it is Jeremiah next. Alrighty. Jeremiah. Is, oh, I guess uh, is Margrave's in melee range now? Uh, to you, absolutely. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Uh, I think I'm going to do the only thing I really can do, and that's attack. Right. Uh, you said this is at disadvantage? That is correct. Unless somebody has some sort of uh, gust of strong wind, then. <gasps> uh, <laughs> yeah, you everybody exhale at the same time. All right. Let's see. Uh, well, that's going to be a miss then. That's a miss. Uh, hold on, that's a. It's definitely gonna be a miss. Sorry, let me just see. I forget my bonus. It would be a nine to hit. That's gonna be a miss, I believe. Uh, yeah. And You're uh, swinging at a ghost. <laughs> I would like to. Uh, it's not worth action surging or anything like that. I think I'm just gonna. Hold on to it with that. And I just, uh, I say to Margrave and I say, they may be a motley bunch, but they're not trying to kill me. And that's it. Then up next, it is uh, Miss Jenna Selwell. Um, uh, You're going to hear her sort of huff and puff and just start sprinting down the ridge. Perfect. I just shout, watch out for the trap. Then I'll give her uh, an advantage on her luck check. Sorry, <clears throat> I just want to shout, watch out for the trap! <laughs> yeah, better. Uh, yeah, you hear her patter off, and you don't hear uh, the sounds of sharp ice spikes uh, erupting from the ground. Which is nice. She has Maddie with him with yes. her, correct? That's okay. right. Just, just making sure. Um, and then, last but definitely not least, we have Miss Desdemona Valmaris. Uh, first yeah. of all, I would like for you to make um, a wisdom saving throw. Mm, no. <laughs> okay. That's not a good way to start the turn. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Oh, okay. Uh, that was a 10. Uh, 14. 14. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Desdemona, you feel uh, fear gripping your body as, um, as you snap yourself back into the moment. 
and you're able to uh, preserve, persevere on. All right. Um, so currently can't make out a target in this kind of snow lizard condition, right? Right. Mechanically, you're under the blind effect. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. So maybe it's not the time for your signature spell this time. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Um, it's more oh. of a question of does she want to just run blindly in launch of forward? You know what? Mm-hmm. Do best of both worlds. Use an action and movement. Oh. Um, oh. We're going to just. Um, Desdemona's going to kind of frantically just kind of search through the snow, blizzard, ice wall, whatever, <laughs> in front of her man. Um, and she's she's going to just try to make out the target of, of uh, Margrave and uh, summon the energy to cast Eldritch Blast. Okay, go for it. Knowing if it's not going to make it or not. So that's just at disadvantage. That's an right? attack roll disadvantage, great. Um, 13? 13 is not going to hit. No. Yeah, you, um, you see, uh, sort of amplified in, uh, in the the snow, your your purple light streaks across the sky and hits nothing. Uh, this is the end of the Um, round if you need Emma to use her held action. Um, anybody can chime in here. Hold action? Uh, she yeah, just she's she's holding her, uh, her oh, action since she rolled so high in initiative. I mean, I Jeremiah would have wanted her to run across the bridge, to to leave. All right, um, we're gonna see if she triggers that rune. Uh, she, you again, you hear uh, Emma sprinting off. Um, however. <sighs> You hear um, in the snow, uh, not so fast. As we return to the top of the order, and Emma's going to keep on running because that was her action from the last round and the back of the, the uh, top of the order. You see Emma is about two-thirds the way across the bridge. Uh, you can see just like peeking out from the snow. You see the faint silhouette of Emma uh, about 120 feet away from you. Okay, good. Uh, but that is Margrave's turn. Um, and uh, you see Margrave uh, sort of take this the rifle off off of his back and then train a shot down the bridge. Um, he's in melee, so that's going to be a disadvantage. Ah, very good. Very good, because the first one would have certainly hit. <laughs> Ooh. He levels his rifle, starts aiming. Jeremiah comes up, bah, bashes his rifle off to the side as you see that shot ring off. And then he is going to, out of frustration, uh, form another ice scythe and go for the jugular. Uh, tell me, does a uh, 17 hit? Yes, that is my AC, unfortunately. 
That's going to be much better. It's going to be seven damage as another... As he slashes down across your chest with another ice knife. With another ice scythe, rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, Inquisitor Locke, or Professor Locke, if you prefer. Please. I was never an Inquisitor. (laughs) Please, Inquisitor Locke was my father. Oh god, if I'm ever if I ever say that unironically, just, <laughs> just cut off the feed, really. <laughs> I'm gonna try again. I think it's the best action I have realistically, but I'm also gonna start backing towards the bridge. Alright. So uh in layman's terms this is uh another whole person. Another whole person. Okay, perfect. Once again. <sighs> Come on. I know. I want this to work. You know I'm your boy. But he rolled a 17. And he's got a, a plus three wisdom modifier. So, um... Who needs spell slots? <laughs> yeah, you see again that pale blue light uh, shine amongst the swirling snow as he deftly dodges out of the way. And then you're going to uh, run down the bridge. You're going to incur an opportunity attack. Since he is between you and, uh... I did not realize this. No, He's sort of standing yeah. stuck in the middle of the bridge. Uh, I Emma under- and Jeremiah are on one side, and you and Desdemona are on the other oh, side. Oh, we are on the bridge. I'm sorry, I thought we were still on, like, the land before the bridge. Did I? Writing. Is that my mistake? I thought you guys had already um, started on the bridge. It was my impression that the rune was right before the bridge, but if we got that that's wrong... Okay. Then, that's well. that's- Oh, okay. Uh, so just to retcon that, you guys are on the bridge. Okay. Nope, that's fine. If that just... mechanically changes anything. Works, change anything, so... Okay, excellent. In which case, I will stand my ground for now. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah. Gonna attack. Let's do my best. Nope, it's gonna be a miss. Uh, yep. It's a miss. All right. Disadvantage. Um, I don't think I have any bonus actions that'll help me right now. Yep. Nope. Uh, Jenna Solwell is going to take her turn and hoof it further across the bridge. And then uh, Miss Valmaris. Mm. All right. Um, I was going to shout, this Demona, just run. He doesn't want you. She's gonna run anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Desdemona is um, just realizing that it's probably pointless trying to make out anyone in the storm. Just um, try to run forward and try to get off the bridge. Uh, so past uh, past Margrave on the other side. Yeah, if he's in the way, come at me, bro. <laughs> All right, go for it. As you run, uh, you hear Margrave arming up another scythe made of ice and swings at you. But you are able... He swings a little bit wide as you run just past him as the ice scythe shatters against the side of the bridge. Uh, Now we're going to uh, make a check to see if you hit that rune. Oh. She has advantage, right? Because yeah, I, I rolled the luck check with advantage. Uh, however, you do 
you see uh, in your uh, in your haste to walk past, you make one wrong step. First of all, make a dexterity saving throw. Bro, what is happening now? Trust me, I would have wanted those NPCs to eat the rune for you, but... <laughs> yeah, same. It's a 12. 12, that's not going to do it, I'm afraid. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Uh, as you step on this rune, uh, you it feels very familiar to you, as this is the exact same rune that he used to apprehend you in the first place. You step on the rune, and you feel ice climbing up your foot. <gasps> Ooh. You're going to take oh, don't. 19 points of damage. Oh, my Do you heart. even have 19 points of damage to take? Oh my gosh. No, I don't. I'm down. Oh, no. Oh, my lanta. <laughs> no. Ah, fine. fine. Poetic. It's beautiful. You feel ice climbing up your foot. <laughs> As um, you see Jeremiah, since you're closer to this, you see uh, Desdemona is completely frozen in place, not unlike that, the very same cultist that we saw uh, back in your hometown of Barleystock Street. Uh, back at the top of the order, you see Emma uh, turn around. <sighs> she stops in her tracks and she starts heading backwards. Keep going. Do it. Leave me behind. Uh, Inquisitor Margrave is going to attack uh, Professor Avery Locke. Mm. As you see, the the faint form of uh, of Margrave fades away from your direct vision, Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. As he sneaks back into the powdered snow, does that incur an attack of opportunity? You may take attack, attack of opportunity at disadvantage. Absolutely. Sweet. Technically, you left your threatened area. And woohoo! That'll be a twenty-three with disadvantage. Yup. Wow, 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 wow! All right. Uh, so you see. Uh, in a, a a split decision of of absolute focus, you see right through all the powdered snow, and you see Margaret's silhouette clear and perfectly as you raise your axe and slice down, hitting the top of his thigh, stopping in his tracks. It doesn't do much. It'll do four damage. However, I think I would like to use another one of my superiority die to do a uh, distracting strike. So when you hit with a weapon attack, you're going to expend one superiority die and add the total to the damage roll. And the next attack roll against the target by an attacker other than me has advantage as long as the attack is made before the start of my next turn. So you're going to have advantage, Mr. Avery Locke. If I'm alive. Oh, God. It only adds an extra one damage. Oh, hold on. Say that again. Oh, I was just asking, is he also stepping out of my reach? Uh, the way that I see it is that there is a uh, a bit of daylight in between you and Jeremiah. That's how he set it up so the ice knife didn't hit everybody. Is that Jeremiah is uh, sort of the vanguard of the party. Uh, you guys are sort of stepping uh, 
staying a few feet behind. Okay. So that is going to be five damage total, unfortunately. Okay. But uh, with this, you stop him in his tracks, and he is unable to complete his attack against Avery. Uh, So he is going to turn around and use his uh, second attack against you. That's right. Eyes on me, big boy. Uh, That is, in fact, going to hit. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Eyes elsewhere, big boy. (laughs) Jeremiah, how much health do you have left? 22. Okay, that's good, because this hit for 15 damage. 15. I am at 7. I would like to parry that. Actually, you know what? Do not take that damage, because you feel... Uh, around you, a cloak of ethereal energy shimmer off of you as Margrave's scythe buckles midair and shatters. As you know in your heart, um, I know what's happening. She's not going to listen to me. Orders. <sighs> <clears throat> um, but as that happens, Margrave's scythe shatters on that ethereal shield the snow starts to whip away and dissipate in the wind as Margrave is caught there, mid-strike, luck. It is your turn. Hmm. He doesn't look particularly hurt, does he? No, Margrave is looking uh, fresh to death. If I can use a colloquialism. (laughs) You may. All right, I'm going to fire some... uh... Radiant energy at him. Uh, remember, do it at advantage. Hmm? And do it at advantage because of the distracting strike. Okay, but is he still ad- adjacent to me, though? No, he was never adjacent to you. You said that I would take an attack of opportunity if I try to walk. If you try to walk through him. Oh, right, right, because I'm on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. Right. In that case, he just gets a regular Eldritch shot. Am I? It, hold on, uh, real quick. Is that that is how attack of opportunity, right? If you enter and then leave a threatened area, you yeah, you need to leave a threatened area. Yeah, okay. if you leave threatened area, correct. <clears throat> well, I'm pretty sure 22 hits. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Uh, so that'll do seven seven force damage. Streak of light fires from the muzzle of your gun. Streaks across the uh, sky and hits him right in the shoulder. As he turns around uh, to face you. Uh, You see see. Jenna Solwell at the other end of the bridge has made it. And she is now disappearing into the tree line with, uh, with Timothy. With Maddie. Oh, sorry, with Maddie. Yes, Timothy is dead. Yes. (laughs) 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 Okay, so uh, I'm going to speak past him over to Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah, I'm sorry. Emma, get us out of here. You can feel the the start of uh, an ethereal, sort of uh, a massive ethereal waves of energy start emanating from you, Jeremiah, and Desdemona as this spell will go off on her turn, but... Uh... Bottom of the rotation, then. Yes. However, uh, Desdemona, I would like for you to make 
a death saving throw. Fourteen! A legit straight fourteen. Very nice. The ice forms around you, but the heat radiating from within you is still alive. Your heart is still beating warm blood. And then? Hon, I think we skipped my turn. Oh my gosh, did we? Yes, we certainly did. I'm so sorry. Nope, that's alright. It didn't change much. No, but now I get to attack. Alrighty. Not at disadvantage, correct? Yeah, the snow has fallen away on Margrave's turn. Alright. Uh, it's going to miss, though. That's going to be a 12. Yeah. I'm going to. Uh, he catches your wrist mid strike. I'm going to action surge and take another attack. Come on. There we go. That'll be a 24. Oh, you know that hits. I do. That's going to be another four damage. Plus, I am this time going to use a goading attack. And this will do extra damage and require him to make a wisdom saving throw DC 13. He's been historically pretty good at that. He has, but I'm going to give it a try. Ah! You rolled a three. Beautiful. Oh, rolls a three. <laughs> he has disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets other than me until the end of my next turn. Very nice. And he takes an extra four, so that'll be eight damage. All right, wonderful. Yeah, um, you are starting to do uh, some damage to him, for sure. All right. So at the top of the order, you feel nice. the waves of heat emanating from your ankles all the way up. You can feel, you can see the heat waves starting to break your vision just a little bit. As you can see, part of your vision is one part of the bridge, and part of your vision is uh, that jungle line on the other side. As you close your eyes and you, as you open them, you reappear on the other side of the bridge. Um, you too, Desdemona. All three of you. But Desdemona is still uh, frozen in place, as it were. Um, but you see uh, Emma absolutely collapse in between, uh, in the middle of the bridge. I thought she was farther than... Emma doubled back. Right, but I thought we were on the middle of the bridge. Apparently she needed to run up to us. In my defense, I didn't know that that's what she would do. Uh... So here's how it's set up, right? You guys were on the very cusp of the bridge, right? You guys had just entered the bridge. Okay. It would have taken uh, 200 feet for you to cross the bridge at that point. Okay. Uh, she had already made it two rounds of running back, and she doubled back one round, making it that she was in the middle of the bridge. I see. Okay, gotcha. Um, are we? St- I'm guessing we're still in initiative order, right? Yes, indeed. All right. That's Margaret's turns next. Yep, he is at disadvantage. He's got to run back, isn't he? Not me, of course. Uh, uh, he's going to sprint forward, and he's going to disappear and reappear, uh, but he's going to sprint past Emma, and he's going to take his rifle out and level it at lock. Sure, that's disadvantage. At disadvantage. Angered him. Uh, that is going to miss as the, the, the rifle fire rings out 
and he says, If you want your monster, you're going to have to go through me. As he's standing right over Emma. It is Professor Locke's turn next. Well, you heard the man. Roll for it. No, I have a better idea. I think. It's an idea. It's an idea. <laughs> Let me just check the details of the spell. No, spare to die doesn't actually wake people up, though. No, mm-hmm. just a... Uh... Okay, well, I'll just uh, throw some green light over Desdemona's way. Nice. So, well, I'm going to aim at him, but with my other hand, I'm going to aim there, like, you know, going to wave the glove towards Desdemona. You know, send one of the uh, small black stones hovering towards her, just to kind of, like, help her recuperate a little bit. It's going to give her one hit point, but that's enough. All right. Nice. Uh, you you feel the ice all around you thaw and begin to crack as you collapse to the floor on your knees, barely grasping onto life. And then I'm going to shoot him. Shoot that man. <laughs> shoot that man. And that's going to be an 18 to hit. 18 hits. Four. Woo! 12 damage. Four 12 damage. Fantastic. All right. Uh, you're, you're going to see uh, Margrave has taken a considerable amount of damage, still with a wild look in his eyes. I don't want to kill you, sir. <laughs> Locke, you lost that opportunity as soon as you threw your lot with the Ethereals. There's only one way this is going to end. Jeremiah, make a perception check for me. Sure. Ooh, that'll be a 17. Uh, Jeremiah, you can see, uh, despite all efforts, you see a, uh, a haggard and tired Emma just barely moving and stirring, beginning to uh, clamber to her feet. Great. <laughs> Sounded really enthusiastic. <laughs> Super enthusiastic. Uh, um, how, far away, how far away am I from Margrave now? We're going at 60 feet. Okay. Then uh, I guess all I can do is dash up to him. Or I can throw an axe at him. Yeah, but then I can't be in melee with him. I guess, though. Yeah, that's a good point. I got two axes. I'll move forward 30 and then throw an axe. Go Are we it. still at disadvantage or not anymore no, since we're all that. All that okay. snow has, has dissipated. And uh, as I go, I say, damn it, Locke, just another reason why we shouldn't have her use magic. And, uh... Natural 20! Ooh, okay. Let me uh, go ahead and describe <laughs> what this is going to look like. Uh, since this is essentially the bottom of the order anyway, unless Desdemona has anything uh, she would like to add to this. What's going to happen is uh, that axe is going to lodge... <laughs> deep into his sternum as he's going to stagger backwards as Emma is going to rise to her feet and with a single sort of uh, last gasp 
she's going to send a force wave of ethereal energy out of her hands and send Margrave tumbling over the side of the bridge. And as you see Margrave falling downward, you see him teleport and latch himself onto the side of the ravine and dig in deep with one of his ice scythes. As he just, he stares at you. With Can I have hair. my axe back, please? <laughs> he takes your axe and throws it into the water. No! <laughs> um, I run up and uh, grab Emma and, uh, and turn back and just start going. Yeah, I, I grab onto Desdemona and, you know, try to, like, warm her a little as we start walking. <laughs> <laughs> and just as... start running her. She'll warm up soon enough. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm again. I'm I'm basically uh, just carrying Emma in one arm as we go because I feel like that's probably faster at this point. And you can hear uh, Emma in your arms. She's just saying "I'm" over and over again. I'm. I'll I'm, I'll whisper to her I'm, as we run. I'll say, "Your name is Emma Stacks, daughter to Robert and Francis Stacks. You're 12 years old." Is Emma Stacks, your daughter to Robert and, and Francis Stacks. You're 12 years old. And uh, yeah, you can, you can see you're saying the words, uh, and she may be hearing them, but she's just repeating I am over and over again. I am. Well, I'm still, yeah, yeah. I'm going to repeating that to her anyway. <clears throat> and uh, Jenna is sort of uh, with, uh, with little Maddie Lipton in her arms. She's just sort of beckoning you to uh, come to the tree line. Yeah, I think we go. And as you do, you change out this this harsh <clears throat> winter uh, climate for a a swampy, temperate climate. As you feel the humidity cling to your skin, as you can feel the croaking and and bellowing deep within uh, the lush jungles of Ugdenbog. As we run, I would like to use my uh, second wind possible sure get some hp back i'm i'm in pretty good shape but it's always good to top it off that'll be ooh nice i get 12 health i am up to 34 of 37 not bad very good of green juice in case somebody goes down again (laughs) uh so just as a reminder uh desdemona your total death saving throws um are reduced by one so you only have two if you go down again before you get a long rest. And that doesn't happen. Yes. Uh, additionally, you suffer a grievous wound. Oh no! Oh yes! <laughs> no. Welcome to the club. Okay. No. Um, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, you rolled decently on the on the uh, on the die. So essentially, how that works is. Uh, I roll a d20. The higher it is, the better it's going to be for you. Um, Jeremiah's broken arm was the result of a nat one on that table. Oh, God. Um, of course. It's not getting worse than that. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's I mean, good. I could have taken the arm clean off, but I felt like we're episode three. We're, we, we, got, we got a distance to go. <laughs> Still got plenty of time to fall off on its own. Don't worry. You got to keep the R-rated stuff for like the future episodes so people right. keep... Their and it has to be like a, a soft ceiling so we can then break it later. Uh, Desdemona, you look down at your hand and you see um, a little patch of black creeping in from your pinky 
and then sort of coming in to your palm. Uh, and you also feel like you don't have a whole lot of feeling in your toes either. She's immediately vigorously rubbing her hands, just shaking her head. Um, and with that being said, that is where we'll end our session. We got away. We got away. Great session. Hey, everybody. Old-timey cowboy and grim Don Dungeons and Dragons creator Armored Otter here, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I love you. <laughs> I love you, I do. I haven't really had the guts to say it, but now I'm saying it. I love you. I love you. And I want to say thank you for watching or consuming Grim Dawn Dungeons and Dragons however you did. It means so much to me. We love making this series, and we will make it for as long as we possibly can. If you want to make sure that happens, head on over to twitch.tv and give me Jeff Bezos' money. Your Prime subscription would mean $2.50 in my bank account every single month, and that would be a huge boon. Or you can head on down to patreon.com slash armoredotter. Yeehaw! You can just give me money directly. What's better than that? Or... If, you don't, if you're not looking to spend money, why not recommend this show to your friends? You can like, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, and just spread the Grim Dawn Dungeons & Dragons news to everyone who might listen to you. Of course, I also want to thank other people who make this show possible, namely Hijinks the Mule. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hijinks the Mule. He does excellent, excellent, excellent Dungeons & Dragons live streams. They are so much fun and they're so interactive. You've got to check him out. Or I would also love for you to check out Nebula Orionis who supplied us with some of the music in this vodcast. He makes wonderful Grim Dawn-themed metal music. It blows my mind, it gets my heart racing, and it makes me feel creative and alive. So definitely check those people out, and definitely thank yourself for me for consuming this product. Again, I love you, I need you, and I want to hold you close. Thank you all.